Welcome, everybody, to True Church Net Network and our uh, series of webinars. We're glad to be with you this morning. Uh, as always, you can join by sending an email to Julie Covington. We'd love for you to be part of the conversation that we continue to have uh, through this channel. Uh, we are, are lucky and blessed this morning to be joined by Malcolm Foley, uh, who is uh, not only a scholar and a speaker, uh, the Director of Discipleship at Mosaic in Waco, uh, El Reverendo on his Facebook page, in which I always appreciate, uh, and, uh, and I am glad to call him friend. Malcolm, thank you for, for being here and joining us this morning. I did, glad to do it. Uh, for those of us maybe on, on the call that aren't as familiar with you and your work, uh, might you take a minute to introduce yourself, your, your scholarship, uh, your family, and just tell us how y'all are doing in, in these moments. Sure. Um, yes, I'm, uh, name's Malcolm Foley. I'm, I'm, I'm doing my PhD in the history of Christianity at, at, at Baylor, um, focusing particularly on black Christians responding to lynching in the late 19th and early 20th century. Um, and I mean, I got there through a kind of there was there was a kind of convoluted path, which 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 I think I'll talk about a little bit later. But um, but yeah, right. I, I mean, right now I'm I'm um, I'm I'm coping uh, about as well as uh, about as about as well as many of us are. I'm I I look at I look at the circumstances surrounding us, um, and and for me as somebody who spends who spends his time kind of deep in what is probably the most traumatic period of, of, of American history, particularly for, for, for black Americans. Um, when I see what's going on around me today, I, I see, I see echoes. I see, I see, I see echoes that go, that, that go, that, that, that go far back. Um, not, and so she's wrong. Oh, and so, I want and people so to my, uh, too. Oh, sorry. want to wear an armband. If I started wearing an armband, everyone would ask me about a big deal. And I think it would stop. Some... Yeah, sorry. Um, so, um, and, and so, 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 so in the interest, so, so I'm, I'm, um, I'm, I'm dealing with this with, with a, with a, or, 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 or with a historical background, as well as also like thinking, thinking through, okay, well, like, what are the implications for my, for my family? Um, and things like and things like that. So all of those all of those are active active thoughts in my mind. We may be having a little technical difficulty here. Okay. Can you hear me? All right. I can, I can hear you. Okay. Are we back? <laughs> I can, I can hear you. Can you, can you okay. hear me? Great. Okay. Well, it, uh, it seems to be lagging a little bit. I think that's the, the message we're getting from here. Oh, okay. We've, we've got a little bit of lag, I think. So, uh, we'll just do it this way. Uh, what may be helpful in this conversation is, is just for you to, to help us think through several things, and, and you can tackle this all at once, and that way uh, we don't have to worry about alternating. Um, 
so let's just run with this. Help us to define the terms. What, what are the terms? Make sure we're talking about the same thing in this conversation. Uh, can you, with, through your research, rehearse for us the history? How did we get here from a historical point of view? I think one of the most um, heart-wrenching posts that, that you've made that, that really affected me was uh, uh, when, when you said you're living your research. And, and that was something that, that was very staggering. Uh, also, and then as we move forward, uh, how do we foster racial healing as this element of pastoral care? Uh, and I'll just hand this to you and, and let you kind of guide us through this conversation. Great. Um, cool. Okay. So, so, so first, I mean, I want to, I want to introduce by saying that this is, uh, that this is not going to be, uh, it's not going to be a level, not going to be a level 1000 class. I want us to be able to get, to get right down, right down to the heart of some of these issues. Um, and so, uh, and so I'm going to, I'm, 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 I'm going to assume that, uh, that everyone listening is down to, is down, essentially down for the fight. And so the first, so the first point, um, first point that I would, that I uh, that I want to make is that when I refer to white supremacy, I'm not I'm not talking about the Klan. Um, the Klan is is essentially the rotten fruit of what is a poisonous root. Um, I use I use uh, Ibram Kendi's definition of racist ideas that a racist idea is any idea in which a racial group is considered inferior to another racial group in any in any way. And so when so when 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 white people benefit benefit from that construction, that's what that's what white supremacy is. And so and so we're all we're all susceptible to those kinds of ideas. But when we but but when we consider what I'm or what I'm what 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 I'm calling white supremacy, I'm referring to an amalgam of racist ideas, racist policies, and the unjust benefits and and penalties that result from them. All right. So 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 uh, so that's where that's where we're starting. Second point I want to make is that um, uh, you mentioned term term definition hugely important uh, as someone who is trained as a historian uh, trained in theology but also is is leading in the church and and and, and involved in 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 race work um, but one thing that I that I do also want to say is that um, there are also people who are deeply trained in counseling and trauma therapy who are hugely important in this in this work. Um, and so I, I try to stay very, very closely linked to those, to those men and women in that, in that, in that work. I've been, I've been helped by, um, by, by the, by the work of folks like Jaja ja Chen and, 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 and others, um, in Waco and elsewhere. Um, and so, um, so that's, 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 that, that's something that I want to, that I want to acknowledge. So first of all, that, that, that history point. So, um, a week, it was probably a week ago, I said something about um, me that I, that I felt like I was living my dissertation. The dissertation is asking the question of how did black Christians affirm their own dignity and somehow have hope in a culture that was poised for their death? And, and as I look at particularly the world around us right now, um, I am, I'm attempting, I'm, I, I'm figuring out that that's actually a question that I have to ask that I have to ask now. The question is, what what does it actually mean to bring to bring a message of hope to a people who face constant violent assault? Um, as you can see, as you can see in the world around you, the fuses have been lit. Explosions have been common throughout, and, and these explosions have been common throughout American history. But the question is, are we prepared to minister to the people who have been damaged by the shrapnel? 
are we are we equipped to care for specifically our brothers and sisters who suffer from racial trauma because that's what we're dealing with and so in the question of how did we how do we get how do we get where we are what do i mean by racial healing as pastoral care well First of all, it's important for us to all know that our country has a vast and consistent history of racial violence, beginning with the, with the forced labor, kidnapping, rape, and family separation that's endemic to American chattel slavery, and continuing up until this day, there's, there, there hasn't been a period of American history in which racial domestic terrorism has not been a factor of Black life, particularly. Immediately after emancipation, the first iteration of the Klan is born, Men and women are, are, are raped and hanged for, for attempting to vote or attempting to educate themselves. And that fear, that fear of death and assault has loomed over black people throughout the, throughout the period of reconstruction. And then when reconstruction was ripped from their fingers, the regime of lynching began soon afterwards, extending into the twenties and thirties. And so the risk was no longer merely hanging. It, 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 it was compounded when, when, when now the risk is people being burned alive. We in, we in Waco are the site of, of, of one of the most brutal spectacle lynchings in American history, and one that was a catalyst for the anti-lynching movement. But, but, throughout, but, but throughout these decades, men, women, and children were hanged, burned alive, shot to pieces, garroted for, for, for reasons that I outlined in, in, the, in, the, in the Christianity Today um, interview that I did a, a, little, a little while ago. Um, but what matters then, for particularly the broader black community is that is that the message is driven deep into our bones that we're not safe anywhere at any time a mob could come through the door declare me guilty tear me from my family burn me on a pyre and when my family came to collect my body it would even be a possibility that nothing nothing would be left because the mob instead took even my ashes as a souvenir and so i would ask that we consider the terror of that reality because when that, when that particular practice faded, consider what replaced it. Jim, Jim you, you, you have the, the legalization of Jim Crow. Consider the force and the fear required to maintain a second-class citizenry and the widespread cooperation necessary to enforce racial, racial caste, a moral, theological, ethical, and legal fiction. Now consider that the civil rights movement didn't remove those things or forcibly dispel the narratives that undergirded them and then bring us all the way to today when we're essentially trapped, when, when, when we're trapped in our homes and Breonna Taylor is killed sleeping, uh, Ahmaud Arbery is hunted and shot, and George Floyd is tortured and killed on camera. For many, for many white people who don't, who don't know this history, this is, this is unconscionable. How could this happen? Something must be done. But for but for our black brothers and sisters, for our black brothers and sisters in the struggle, the sword has the sword has been in our back for a long time. And and events like this press it even deeper, closer to our hearts, threatening threatening to extinguish our hope. And every time things like this happen, that it, it, it gets deeper and deeper and ever more threatening. And so that's what. That's what leads to the to the to the title that I wanted to choose for this for this webinar: racial healing as as pastoral care, because because what's necessary is healing, and I use that language as opposed to the language of reconciliation, and I do that uh, I do that specifically, because reconciliation requires that there's a peace that we're returning to, and 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 this and this country has never known actual active racial peace in its entire history, and so peacemaking is a trailblazing act. We don't have a model. So this is something that we've got to, like this is, this is something that we're, that, that we're figuring out. Um, and so that, that, that makes it difficult. 
The other thing that makes, that makes this work hard is, that, is the nature of the wound. So centuries of terrorism, and I use, use that word very intentionally, um, is, a, is a difficult weight to bear. And compounded upon that weight is the fact that particularly black Christians have cried out for help for years and have heard crickets. They, we've, we've cr we cried out in slavery, cried out in reconstruction, cried out in the lynching era, era, cried out in Jim Crow, cried out about police brutality, and some have listened, but many have not. And so in the absence of hearing, We've created our own institutions, whether it's HBCUs, whether, whether it's predominantly black denominations, whether it's civil rights organizations, often because hope in our brothers and sisters was consistently and painfully dashed. And so, uh, and so this, 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 this is all set up for what we're, for, for, for what we're, what we're, what, what we're going to talk about in a second. Um, and so if you're, if you're here to the 150 people I see attending, um, and you've been doing this work and, and, and you've been doing this work for a while. Love you. Keep fighting. We're, we're here because it's the work of the Lord. Um, if you're here and you've never done this before, love you too. Keep fighting. We're here because it's the work of the Lord. But, but there are also a few, a few other things. Um, if, you are, if you are emailing your black friends asking what to do, um, it's probably a, that's, that's probably a tiring thing. That's probably a tiring thing for them. Uh, th those of you who have emailed, texted, and called me, I I, I appreciate it and am, and am strengthened by it. Um, but I, but 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 I spend a lot of time doing my work on lynching, so I've had so I've had to construct and maintain robust structures of support in order to be able to do that and not descend into just rage and despair. Uh, and so I'm I'm raw, yes, um, but there are ways in which my brothers and sisters are even more vulnerable and even more raw. And so now is a time of mourning and, and of lament. But another point, if you are, if you are a pastor and you, have, and you have never named, you've never named white supremacy as a sin, you've never, if you've never confessed of racist ideas personally, if you've never condemned racism in, it, in both its interpersonal and structural forms, if you've never preached a sermon in which racism is named as a particular application of the scriptures or interrogated yourself for this particular, for this particular sin, that, that, that's reason for pause. Um, if you begin now, you must recognize that the time that you spent not talking about or reckoning with this um, has left destruction in its wake. People are wounded by past indifference and silence. And, and so if we want to move forward, it begins as all paths like this do with repentance and reparation. And by reparation, I mean the healing of wounds um, that have been opened. And so, and so part of that, so part of that is going to mean, uh, you know, if, if you've never read black biblical commentators, read black biblical commentators. If you've never read black theology, I suggest that you do it because you will find that living in a world poised for your death requires you to ask different questions and you will be the richer and you will be the richer for, for, for engaging with those questions. And so when you enter into this fray, if you're just now entering into it, know, know that we're dealing with trauma. And if you're a minister in this country, that means that the people that you're ministering to are essentially members of one of three categories. They have either ignored racial trauma, they have caused racial trauma, or they have suffered from racial trauma. And, and, and an, image to, an image to use to kind of to also drive that home, I think Jesus is the best. Jesus, is just the, Jesus got the best examples. And so the parable of the Good Samaritan fits very, very well in here. If, if, if you are one who has, if, if you're thinking of the one who has ignored racial trauma, we're thinking of the priest and the Levite who walk by, who walk by the man who's been assaulted 
and 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 do nothing. People who treat racial trauma as though it's as as though it's not it's not our it's not our problem. That's somebody else's, and that's a fundamental ignoring of Paul's account of the body of Christ. That when one that when one member suffers, we all suffer. If that's true, um, that that has to shape the way that we minister to the one who ignores racial trauma, to, and 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 to the ones who to the ones who cause it, and to the ones who have suffered from it. Um, those pastoral responses, it, it's it's necessary. It's necessary that we think that we think that through. So when we think of of racial healing, what that means as pastoral care. What I mean is that it requires more than a single sermon or a sermon series, requires more than a single event, requires more than a single prayer walk, because we're up against demons, powers, principalities, and rulers, as Paul calls them in Ephesians. And so if you're in it, like you are, we are in it. And so this means, brothers and sisters, that we have to treat, that we have to treat our, that we have to treat our congregations, for those of us who are, who are, who are leaders in the church, we have to treat, we have to treat, we have to think, think of pastoral care as more than just, as more than just an emergency measure. It's, which is, which is the way that a lot of people think about pastoral care is that this is just, like, I just, this is just something that I, that I deal with in emergencies. No, pastoral care is the regular and normal work of the minister. The sermon and the Eucharist are occasional. They are nourishment, yes, but they're occasional. The care of the pastor, the gritty work of knowing that Jesus is the answer, but needing to figure out how do I, how, how do I articulate that given, given the struggles um, of the Christian life? That's the hard work. It's the hard work of sitting with a mother who lives in fear that her son will find himself on the wrong side of a policeman's baton or bullet for absolutely nothing. And the knowing that she has struggled with that fear for a while. It's, it's, the, it's the discernment of when and what to protest, of how to vote in such a way to support the oppressed, because that's what, that's what, Christ, calls, because that's what Christ calls us to. It's, it's the work of considering that if, if Christ has united me to himself by the Holy Spirit through faith, then what does that require of me as a, as a citizen of a racist society? And as American ministers, our vocation requires that we dismantle white supremacy in our own hearts and especially in our churches. Because, because if we're to be like Paul, awestruck by the fact that Christ has broken down walls of hostility between, between Jew and Gentile, walls of, of ethnic hostility, then, then, then our churches ought to be the places in which true unity reigns, not, not papered over pain. And so, and so, um, and so application, application takes, takes three, takes three significant, takes three significant things. Um, it takes your time, it takes your talent, and it takes your treasure. It takes your time. It takes time to self-examine. takes time to unrelentingly and explicitly preach against the evil that is the diminution of the lives of racialized minority populations. It takes time to read different people and be shaped by different voices than the one that you're probably used to. Uh, but I submit to you that it's, that is, that it's time well spent. It takes talent, it takes your particular gifting. Each of you, you may not be a preacher, you may be an artist, a lawyer, a stay-at-home mom or dad, uh, but each of you has a role in this, whether it's in the raising of your children, whether it's in the hiring practices of your corporation or firm it, or, or, or in the art that you produce. And third, it takes treasure. It's, it's, it takes, your, it takes your, 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 your financial and, and political treasure because when you consider where you place your resources, this has, this, this has to be a consideration. Is this being used for God's glory? Uh, when you when you when you give to your church, consider: Is this the body of believers? Is this body of believers do, truly doing the comprehensive work of applying the gospel to every area of my life? Because if you're in a space where you feel like you have to constantly justify your own existence, let your elders and pastors know 
because they ought to respond with repentance because only then can there be conciliation and only then can you move forward. But otherwise, if there is a, if there's a refusal to engage in this kind of healing as pastoral care, then brother and sister, then brother or sister, that is, that is not where you need to be. Such situations, and I've talked to some of my counselor friends about this, it's, it's, it, it, it counts as abuse and you don't have to stay in that. As a friend, uh, Christina Edmondson has said, unity, unity without holiness is abuse. And so, and so, and, and, and so the unity that we're, that we're fighting for, and this is the, this is the last thing I want to say, because I want to, I want, I want there to be some time for questions, um, is that if we are to fight for true, if we're to fight for true unity, true, true, true manifestation of, of true, like where we can, where we can see the benefits of our union, of our union with Christ, um, it's going to require uh, like I said, it's going gonna, it's gonna, to it's gonna require holiness. It's going to require repentance. It's going to require us being very, very clear about how deep sin, how deep sin goes um, and being deeply committed to, to mortifying, putting that sin, putting that sin to death. So, um, so with that like kind of intro, um, I want to make sure that we're all, that we're, that just, we're all clear about the stakes of the conversation um, and the fact that we're in a lifelong, this is a lifelong process. And so if you're in it, Let's be in it. Let's be in it for the long haul. Yeah, thanks. That, I, that's tremendous there. And several things I'd like to, to circle back on if we can, and then we'll, we'll get to some questions. Uh, again, for our, our white brothers and sisters who are listening and uh, the education question, I, we have a link here that I wanted to share. Uh, that is uh, a link for educational resources. Uh, this is not something that we put together. This was put together by Sarah Sophie Flicker and Alyssa Klein, uh, shared by a friend of mine and, and Frederick Brock, who's a pastor in San Antonio. Um, but there is a way that uh, we can um, facilitate education uh, where we're not um, overburdening um, our, our Black brothers and sisters who, who are managing this trauma in the ways that that, that uh, need to. And so I really appreciate you, you doing that and, and leading us that way. Um, you mentioned Kendi and, and his, one of his quotes of the heartbeat of anti-racism is concession. Um, why are we so hesitant to confess? Yeah, let's just, where do you see that hesitation, right? Yeah, I mean, so, so, I mean, I, I, as a, as a Christian in the Reformed tradition, uh, am very used to hearing emphasis on total depravity, the fact that sin has extended to every single, um, just to every aspect of our being, not that we're as sinful as we could be, but that every single one of our faculties is tainted, is tainted with the darkness of sin. And so it ought to be, it ought to be the case that when someone approaches me saying that I have sinned in a particular way, that my response is not, oh no, I'm not that kind of person. I could never be guilty of that. That ought not be the response. However, we do see that, we do see that response a lot when it comes to issues of race. Um, and and, and so, par so part of this is just as human beings, we're deeply resistant to confession, just in general. It requires the work of, it, re it requires the work of the spirit. Um, but especially when it comes to issues of race, and this is, this is actually one of the, uh, one of the negative externalities of the, of the civil rights movement is that it made, it made racist an epithet and it made people, it, 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 it made people essentially deeply resistant to being called 
racists, even if their actions, thoughts, uh, uh, even if even if their actions and thoughts had clearly clearly racist uh, results. And so, um, and so, Kendi's I mean, Kendi's work is 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 incredibly important because uh, what it does is it is 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 it reminds us actually that historically. Um, it's not the case that racism kind of begins in hate. It begins in self-interest. And so you doing things that benefit you and then you needing to find ways to then justify that benefit. Um, and, and for American history, race, racist ideas have been kind of just, they, they've, been, they've been the most useful. Um, and then when those ideas start to just kind of circulate even, even, even apart from their initial context, uh, then that starts to calcify into into ignorance, into ignorance and hate, and so fundamentally we are we are resistant um, because we're human, and it 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 hurts to recognize our own sin. We don't want to do it, um, but then there are also particular historical, um, you know, there are there are historical reasons, and there's just the fact that the way that racism and white supremacy function, um, it's it's insidious. It doesn't it doesn't want to be exposed to the light. Um, and so the debate over slavery wasn't a debate over racism. The debate over lynching wasn't a debate over racism. The debate, even segregation, wasn't a debate over racism. Of the, the focus on those particular practices over, that over, overshadowed essentially the underlying, the underlying disease. And at every point, um, there were uh, you know, mission accomplished banners, um, but, and, yet, and yet the, mission, the mission, has not, mission has not been accomplished. <laughs> Um, so. No, thank you. Yeah, that's, that's a good word. Uh, there's, there's freedom in confession. Uh, yes. But it's a hard, hard walk for sure. Uh, I do want to get to a couple questions that are rolling in. Um, Let's do it. And, and uh, we'll try to hit as many as we can in the next remaining minutes. Um, and this one is from Paul, and who asked, uh, you mentioned the implications of Paul's understanding of the body of Christ. Can you say more about how orthodox theology should manifest in anti-racism and racial healing? How should good Christology and our understanding of who Christ is motivate and shape our response to racism? Good. So um, I, I was asked, uh, I think it was, I think it was yesterday, basically the question is, uh, and, and this article may have been, may have been posted, like if Jesus, uh, if Jesus was around, would he be, would he be marching? Um, and, and the answer, the answer that I would give to that is, is, um, is no. And here's the, and here's why. Um, no, because the first time he came, he came to, uh, he came to, he came to preach, heal and die. Um, now that he has died, been raised and ascended, uh, we are in a different, we're in a different age. The question is, what do we as people who have been united to the ascended Christ do? What's our, what's our responsibility? And if we take the responsibilities that he, that he's, that he's given us um, to be, to be ambassadors of his gospel and also to look forward to the day when he returns. Uh, what he says close, close to the end of Matthew is that uh, when he does return, there are some questions he's going to ask. And those questions are going to center around how we treated the hungry and thirsty, how we treated the prisoner, um, how we, how we, and, and, and so, so in, in a nutshell, how we treated the, how we treated the oppressed. 
And and that's something that that's something that governed his own. That's something that governed his own his own his own ministry, um, and and it ought to uh, and it ought to govern ours. Um, but specifically, and this 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 goes this goes to the book, the book of Ephesians, which is my. I mean, it's 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 one of my it's one of my favorite books. Paul is awestruck by a few mysteries. One of those mysteries is the fact that God, that God saves sinners. One of those mysteries is the fact that God has joined together Jew and Gentile in, in, in Christ. God has joined together these categories that, that, that in the Old Testament were categories that he, like God drew the distinction between his people and the nations. And yet, and yet what, and yet what Paul sees in Ephesians and as a result of taking the gospel deep into his, deep into his bones is that, um, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a temporary thing. There's no, there is, there is no distinction, uh, too strong. There's no distinction too strong for the gospel. So then when we consider racism, we're considering, we're considering a wall that has been erected to, 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 to essentially cut against the work of Christ. To submit to that, to submit to racism and white supremacy is not just to act in a way that's contrary to the gospel. It's to act in a way that's parasitic upon it. And so, and so, and so when we, so when we consider, uh, so when we consider, you know, uh, what, it, what it means to live in union with, uh, in union with the son of God means that we not only have his priorities, but also that we recognize that we do so specifically by the power, specifically by the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, that this is something that we can, that we can engage in because uh, the Christ who is, who is returning uh, on, a, on a white horse, whose name is Faithful and True, will have King of Kings and Lord of Lords tattooed on his, on his, on his thigh and on his robe, um, that, this is, that this is work that he's, that he's engaged in. Um, and so that then can give us the stamina to continue to continue in the uh, uh, in the struggle. Um, so so yeah. So that's the that's a that's a, that's an initial answer. To, I think I think to your to your question, Paul. There's there's more there, but I know there are other questions as well. Sure, sure. Uh, so let's let's continue on kind of uh, through a couple more of these as we are winding down here. I know there are a lot of questions. We won't be able to get to them all. Uh, perhaps uh, if, if Malcolm is agreeable and we can uh, tear him away, we can have just a, a question and answer session sometime in the near future yep. where we can just sit down together and, and address all of, uh, a lot more of these. But for now, let's, let's try to hit a couple more of these if we can. It's a good question from Brian Fulton. Do you think the same strategies throughout history uh, in lynchings, Jim Crow, et cetera, uh, are used today uh, to oppress uh, black indigenous people of color. Yes. Um, yes, I do. I, I, I do believe so. I think that um, while particularly the practice of, for example, um, uh, burning an accused criminal alive in front of thousands of people, that practice doesn't, we don't, we don't see that happen uh, anymore. Um, however, that act still um, it, it, it continues in the criminal justice system. It continues in what we, in, in what, in what we just saw, um, with, with George Floyd. Um, when, 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 when the, uh, as long as the assumptions, as long as the assumptions continue, as long as the assumption that, um, as long as, as long as people feel as though, 
they can demean and snuff out particularly black life without consequence. That's what lynching, that's, that's essentially what, that's, that's the function, that's the function of lynching. That's its terroristic, it's its terroristic element. Um, when you, this, this, it, it extends, like I said, the, 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 the tendrils of this thing reach, reach, reach deep. And so unfortunately, um, there is more that is still going on um, than things that have, that have ceased. Um, and so, and so, and so, and so Brian, then the, 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 the question is, um, you know, are we willing to do the work of actually seeking those things out and doing what we can to make sure that they don't, that they, that they don't happen? Um, it begins with knowing, like I said, this, this history, because then you can, because then, because then you can begin to trace how these things have shifted and adapted um, because sometimes when the, when, when, when light ish, when, when light shines upon these things, they scatter for a moment and then show back, then, then show up again, just with another face. Yeah. And might we dovetail this with a, another question of, uh, if, if we see the, all the kind of iterations of this, where, um, racism perhaps isn't being dealt with in on but we're dealing with issues do you feel like that's a danger here in the now where we may be dealing with the issue of pre police brutality rather than racism and that comes from from clara yeah it's always going to be an issue and this is why the responsibility um this is why the responsibility of the church is different from when you think of your kind of broader political responsibility because you are not you're you're not going to see the kind of comprehensive justice that you want to see in the world you're just like we're, we're not we're gonna we're gonna fight forever for the rest of <laughs> the rest of the time that the earth exists that's something that we ought to fight for but our expectations um uh we have to consider where our expectations are um because the fact of the matter is is that as long as the systems that we find ourselves in are uh created maintained uh and 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 sustained by sinful people um there will always be space for reform. Um, and, and we, 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 we engage in that reform because we want to actively support the lives of our neighbors, but within the church, the responsibility ought to be a little different within the church. We ought to be, uh, because, because the Holy spirit, because the Holy spirit is, is working in us and shape us and shaping us into the image of Christ. Um, we ought to see, uh, much more. We, we 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 ought to see much more, much uh, much more progress than 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 perhaps we experience in the world. And that's actually that actually ought to be a big part of our witness. Um, for a while, the church's witness has ha, has been one of um, where uh, where 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 the scriptures have been used to uh, to continue to oppress. But one of the huge parts of the witness of particularly the the uh, historically black churches has been. Has been this recognition that Christ demands that 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 the hope that we have um, is an eschatological hope, yes, but it's also a hope that pushes us to to particular action now. Um, and so and so so yes, it's actually it's always a risk that we're addressing symptoms rather than a disease. That's why we're that's why we're ambassadors of the good news of the good news of Jesus Christ because 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 the gospel is the is the true is the is the, is the true answer to the, to the disease. But um, it's also important that we seek to keep our neighbors alive. 
Um, and and uh, Martin Luther King has a quote that like I can't um, I can't I can't by law make my make my neighbor love me, but I can stop him from lynching me, and th- and that's a pretty that's a pretty big deal too. Um, and and that's that's the level of commitment that we ought to be that we ought to be engaged in. Very good. Friends, I know there are a lot of questions left in the chat. Uh, and again, what my suggestion would be, and, and according to our schedules that will allow, let's revisit this. This, And, and I think this is important, too, that uh, you mentioned in your Ethics Daily uh, uh, article that you wrote with uh, Chavez, uh, that to don't be outraged at the spectacle of racist violence that went viral. Uh, with the idea that this is a long and, and a long journey that we can't just uh, tune in when it's when it's gut wrenching as it's been in the last couple of weeks, but that we need to engage our time, talent, and treasure over the long haul. And so perhaps uh, we can revisit this in, in a week or two as time allows and, and address some more of these questions. Uh, and we'll we'll collaborate on that effort together. Uh, I do want to mention that we will be sharing this video uh, and we'll, we'll, we may even uh, print out the chat and make sure our links are, are good and solid and we can get those out to everybody. You can see that on the Truett Church Network Facebook page. We'll post it to our YouTube channel. Uh, well, it'll be in perpetuity uh, and you can, you can point people to this great resource uh, because uh, we are just so grateful for Malcolm, your work. Uh, there, are, there are so many good things here, and we want to continue the conversation. Uh, we don't want to just be um, shocked by this moment, but we want to continually work together. Uh, lastly, and again, hear us say thank you so much, Malcolm. Uh, your voice is just invaluable to the Baylor world. We're grateful for you, for your, uh, for your wife Desiree, and the work that you're doing. Uh, it is amazing, and, and we are just uh, indebted to you in it. Um, could you might might you share a last word, a blessing uh, over us as we we end today? Yeah, I I mean I I just I'll if I if if I may I just I'll just uh, pray for us pray for us for 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 a moment um, because um, it's necessary that we know um, that uh, you know this is this is this is the work that the Lord would have us do and there and, and there are going to be there are going to be some like there are going to be some walls. Um, and so, and so the prayer is for, the prayer is for, is for perseverance. Um, and, 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 and that the Lord would give us, would give us strength. So I'll, I'll just pray for just a, just a brief moment. Heavenly Father, I thank you for, uh, I thank you for, I thank you for the men and women watching, um, watching and listening. Uh, Lord, I lift them up. I lift them up to you. Uh, Lord, I pray that Lord, by your spirit, you continue to shape them into the image of, of your son. Uh, Lord, continue to uh, Lord give them give them wisdom. Lord, give them the resources that they need in order to love their brothers and sisters in Christ and neighbors um, well. Um, Lord, as you you have you have told us that uh, you've told us the new the new commandment is to love one another as you have loved us. Lord, you have given us an example an, an example of love that we uh, that we that that we that we cannot uh, that we cannot fulfill on our own. Um, Lord, it requires, it requires your spirit. It requires us, uh, operating as branches of the, of the, of the true vine. Um, Lord, it requires that, that, that vital union with Christ. And so Lord, I pray that, uh, I pray that I, 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 I pray that those listening, Lord, that they're, 
that their union with you would be life-giving, Lord, that in, the, that in the moments of discouragement, in the moments of possible despair, Lord, that you would remind them that this is, that this is work that you would have them do. Lord, that as, as, as men and women of the world are suffering, Lord, so, so, also, are, so, so also do you, do you groan at their suffering. Um, and so, Lord, with the resources that you've given us, Lord, um, give us the wisdom to be able to use them for your, for your glory and for our, and for our neighbor's good. Uh, Lord, we love you. Lord, we praise you. And Lord, we pray these things in the name of your Son and by the power of your Spirit. Amen. Amen and amen. Thank you, friend. And uh, we look forward to visiting and seeing you soon. Thanks to everybody that was here. Uh, we'll we'll uh, continue the conversation and hope you can tune in to further uh, webinars that we'll be sharing. Uh, blessings and we'll see you soon. Thanks, y'all.